All right, let's get to it. Welcome to another edition of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. CJ Palmasano here. I am your host. We have a lot to get into. So much is going on uh, in, the, in this week in wrestling. So much is uh, going to be happening very soon. So much has happened just, just this whole week. I have a, We have a loaded, loaded show for you guys tonight, today, whenever you're listening to this. Please be sure you're listening to this on your favorite podcast app, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you can find us. And please leave us a very lovely, lovely, lovely five-star review and tell us to your friends just to get the plug shit out of the way, right out of the way. Um, and also, the video is coming, guys, okay? The YouTube video announced last week. It is coming. Just give me some time. I'm a very, very busy person, okay? Between my day job, this podcast, my other podcast, my band, my social life, my relationship. <laughs> it's amazing that I even can handle everything. But we're here tonight. We're here today. We're here to talk about pro wrestling, and we have a jam-packed episode to get into. So first and foremost, let's just get right into all the AEW stuff that's going on. Um, biggest story to come out of AEW Dynamite from the other night. Uh, Sammy Guevara is the new TNT champion, defeating Miro in a an excellent match where... I wasn't necessarily expecting Sammy to win. I mean, I was saying I've been saying for a while that I, I think someone like Jungle Boy should should be the one to defeat Miro. You know, have him w- get get up some more wins and have Miro rack up some more uh, victories and more challengers he's defeated, and then Jungle Boy could defeat him. The other idea I had for Jungle Boy is like, well, maybe Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy can win the tag team titles from the Young Bucks. Well, the Lucha Bros took the tag team titles from the Young Bucks, which I'm not complaining about. I was just wondering, well, where's Jungle Boy going to follow now? Um, we'll have to wait and see. Um, this whole episode of uh, AEW was was a whole tribute to the late great Brody Lee. They were in Rochester, New York, where last year they were supposed to uh, debut. Uh, Brody as the leader of the Dark Order and Matt Hardy in the same night. Um, unfortunately, that, that didn't happen due to the pandemic. Uh, this is a, tr- a great tribute show to Brody Lee. Uh, the the Dark Order, Orange Cassidy versus the Hardy Family Office match was real a lot of fun and really really touching. Um, it, it you know makes you really miss Brody Lee and just just how it, it's a shame how he could never have experienced this this whole. Um, thing with AEW from a live crowd capacity, from a, a full capacity crowd. Um, I love the bit where, you know, Anna Jay, Ty, Ty Conti, and uh, uh, Amanda Huber, uh, Brody Lee's widow, and uh, his son, uh, negative one Brody Lee Jr., uh, coming out and just... <laughs> He uh, just throwing the papers at Evil Uno. The you know Dark Order get reconciling. That was that was really really beautiful and touching. So um, yeah, it was just it was just nice, man. It was just nice to see that they paid tribute to Brody Lee. The Brody chants were loud and proud tonight. And you know I had completely forgotten that it was a somewhat of a Brody Lee tribute show, uh, paying homage to him. When I probably should have put that two and two together, not necessarily being so surprised that Sammy won, you know, um, I was surprised to see that Sammy won. But again, looking back in hindsight, this was a tribute show to Brody. 
Yeah, it's probably going to be a title change. Um, I saw after the uh, on online social media that Bryce Rensberg uh, swapped the championship because that title was for Miro, uh, and the old TNT championship is back with the black strap. I missed that title belt, but I love this title belt too. I was saying to Sean when we went to the Newark show um, a few weeks back that I'm a sucker for, for white straps on title belts. I think they look amazing and beautiful. It's, it's one of my favorite things about championship belts. But... Um, yeah, Sammy versus Miro was really, really good. I, I will say, though, that the match was great, but the build w- wasn't necessarily doing it for me because I thought Sammy was going to be another guy that Miro, uh, challenger that Miro beats, and then uh, he goes on and uh, gets more wins. But that's not what happened. So, because the story was kind of lackluster. Had Sammy lost, I mean, the build would have been a little, eh, you know. But 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 overall, I mean, the match is just so good that I didn't really have a problem with it. It's just the question is, where does Miro go now? Because Miro, I think, has had an excellent championship reign in AEW. One of my favorites. And I don't think it could have gotten any better, you know. you, you He's held the title, I want to say, since gotta be like January or February since this year because I remember no maybe not January it was before COVID uh, not before COVID but before fans start they started touring again because he's held it since early I want to say maybe March because he beat Darby in the, in the main event of a dynamite and he's held it all the way to now in September uh, that's a long title reign it's a decent title reign and it's great for Miro Things weren't always all perfect either. If we all remember the whole Kip Sabian thing and the, you know, the the best man gimmick, it wasn't the best, but um, everything worked out in the end. Because I I think it's fair to say we all knew that Miro was capable of this. We all knew he was capable of being this this brute monster and this charismatic guy. Like we've seen the charisma from like the Total Diva stuff and him being on podcasts and, and on YouTube stuff here and there because he's really funny in it. Um, and then we've seen the the brute strength and the the uh, you know the 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 monster in the early days of the Rusev days and then Rusev Day in general getting him over. So we knew Miro was capable of this. He was just never able to mix the two together in the opportunity that he really wanted to where we got the 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 funny and really charismatic Rusev with the crushing brutal monster Rusev which is now we see as Miro um I will say that you could argue that Miro is um next in line for an AEW championship match because, you know, a lot of mid-card title reigns back in the day, whether they be U.S. or Intercontinental Champion, uh, you know, they move on up in the card because their title reign was so great. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen for Miro, uh, especially since Kenny Omega is a heel and he's a heel, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, but, yeah, I'd like to see where things go with Sammy Guevara. Maybe we can get a rematch between Miro and Sammy. Who knows? But I, I would say that Miro should kind of take some time away from the TNT title and move up in the card. Um, maybe he could face someone like a powerhouse Hobbs or a Brian cage or something like that, you know, uh, just to kind of g- g- just 
have him face more bigger dudes or you know maybe he could face jungle boy in a non-title match maybe he could face uh sammy again uh who knows chris jericho uh but i think jericho's kind of he's kind of tangled up with dan lambert's whole group but anyway enjoyed the match loved it i love the spanish fly counter uh the the flip uh, jumping over the top uh jumping over the turnbuckle to onto miro on the outside uh just really great I love CM Punk in the commentary in this match. CM Punk in the commentary is just golden, man. I mean, when he decides to, like, hang it up, like, you know, he'll be doing commentary. And, yeah, when you have CM Punk in your company do commentary, you should have him do commentary. It just sucks when you're at the show and you can't hear him do commentary or hear him cut a promo or do a match. So that's that's the only thing that sucks. Because I've been on the other, other, other side of that in Newark when they had CM Punk do commentary for this for this show. But Overman, great, great show. Uh, awesome match from Miro and Sammy Guevara once again. Let's go through, go through some of the other stuff that's been going on, that went on on Dynamite this week. Um, Jungle Boy versus Adam Cole opened the show. And this is a match that uh, actually Sean and I have been texting and saying that, you know, we could see Jungle Boy versus Adam Cole at full gear. and Or we could see Adam Cole versus Christian Cage at full gear. We could very well still see Adam Cole versus Jungle Boy again at uh, full gear, but it was this is a great fun opening match. Both guys are so over. Uh, Jungle Boy doing the the uh, the Herc jump jumping over the ropes and the, doing the Hurricane Rana onto the floor on the outside of the ring to Adam Cole, then Jungle Boy getting back rolling Adam Cole in, jumping back in Cole hitting a super kick to just oh my god. The, the chemistry that Cole and Jungle Boy have is absolutely stellar, and I want to see these guys wrestle so many more times. Absolutely amazing match from these guys. Um, Adam Cole obviously getting the win here. Uh, you know, Cole is still, he's still new in the company. You need to have him go on a bit of a winning streak, and then maybe we could set up Adam Cole versus Sammy Guevara down the line so Adam Cole can rise in the rankings, and so Adam Cole can have a match against uh, Sammy Guevara for the TNT title now. Uh, that'd be really, really cool. Um, next, the part was uh, the Elite coming in. Uh, you know, Kenny Omega, the Good Brothers, uh, Brandon Cutler and Michael Nakazawa and the Young Bucks, the stooges of the elite being Nakazawa and uh, Cutler, um, just just going off and boasting about themselves. And then Kenny saying how, you know, everybody's tagging me, Brian. Everyone's saying, you know, Kenny, that was the great, that might have been the greatest match AEW's ever done. That might have been the greatest match Dynamite's ever happened. This might be the greatest match, of your, greatest match of your career. And he's like, okay, cool. That's cool. But I don't care. To me, you brought you brought you brought me to my limits, Brian. But you couldn't get the job done, and I love that line. Brian Danielson comes out and he's saying, you know, he they Kenny's saying there ain't gonna be no rematch, but can't. But Brian obviously wants the rematch. He's saying, oh, you guys want a rematch? Brent, you know, going to the crowd and Kenny said, like, all right, fine, you want to fight? Let's fight. And he's like, all right, let's fight on ramp. It's like I want any of you on ramp. on rampage, Brian. Why don't you just fight us right now? All right, but I'm not fighting you alone. And out comes Frankie Kazarian, Christian Cage, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and Marco Stunt to fight the elite. Ah, oh, Kenny's like, oh, that wasn't part of the deal. Even commentary is like, the deal? What deal? So the, the elite are being, you know, chicken shit heels here. But overall, I mean, I can't necessarily see anybody else facing Kenny Omega at full gear other than Brian Danielson. 
I really can't. And at that point, you kind of have to make it for the title. And I think at that point, Kenny would win because you could, because Danielson, I, I mean, because Danielson shouldn't be winning the title this soon. He really shouldn't. I mean, you could pull Samoa Joe and CM Punk via Ring of Honor and just do another time limit draw and then have their third match where the guy finally gets a victory. You could do that, but I don't know. That's pretty, that's ballsy again to have two, these guys have a match and go to a time limit draw again would be really, really ballsy. Overall, the, the opening segments, you know, man match back to back were fantastic. Nothing to complain about. Uh, loved every second of it. And I, I truly think we're getting Danielson versus Omega 2 at full gear because I don't see anybody else getting that match as far as the storyline works. In the rankings, I still think Orange Cassidy is the number one ranked uh, guy to face Omega, but I don't think that's going to happen at full gear. I still want to see an Orange Cassidy versus Kenny Omega title match because... It should just happen. It, it's I've been wanting that since May earlier this year. I wanted that for Double or Nothing, but uh, he Orange Cassidy's got to stop middling about in the mid card and just challenge for a championship, which I think he, he should challenge Kenny Omega. You know, Orange Cassidy. Uh, you know, I we mentioned before he had the match with the Dark Order, and that was a fun match. Beautiful tribute to Brody Lee. Um, Afterwards, Nick Jackson versus Brian Danielson has been announced for tonight's Rampage. Uh, should be fun. Nick Jackson is the the my favorite young buck to see have a singles match because he's just so quick and athletic. I love the match between him and Ray Phoenix that they had a couple years ago. That was really, really fun. Uh, yeah, Nick Jackson versus Brian Danielson should be a lot of fun tonight on tonight's Rampage. Uh, also, we have... Uh, we had this really great segment between Darby Allen and MJF. And I I really enjoyed this. You know, MJF saying that, you know, this company has been building upon four pillars, four guys who are the future of AEW. He said, Jungle Boy beat him. Sammy Guevara beat him. Darby Allen, oh, let's listen. And then he's brushing over Darby's name. And he's trying to say he's the best. Darby comes out and interrupts him. And, man, MJF just, like, really doesn't give a fuck and really just wants you to hate him so much. I love that about MJF. He's so fun to hate. But he said how, you know, Darby, he said, you know, listen, Darby, the whole, you know, face paint, uh, school shooter, skateboarder look is great and everything. But, <laughs> um, you know, he's threatening to, to go to WWE, you know, if he doesn't get what he wants, uh, you know, because he's got Bruce Pritchard on Steed Dial. I love... CM Punk saying on commentary when Dar uh, when Darby came out, it's like everybody's got Bruce Pritchard on speed dial. That's not something to brag about. <laughs> it's just why I love Punk on commentary. And Darby's just goes, "Are you done, Max? Are you done talking? You can go and leave. No one's going to care. I'm not going to care. These people aren't going to care if you go and leave." And then Darby gets into with uh, well, MJF gets in with Darby and says, "You know, Darby." You're you're straight edge, and I respect that about you. But anyone know why Darby Allen is straight edge? And MJF proceeds to go and say that Darby Allen is straight edge because him and his uncle took a ride. His drunken uncle and Darby Allen took a ride in a car, and you got into an accident, and your uncle died that day. But 
I'll tell you what, Darby, the wrong man died that day. And, oh, he's going, hit me, Darby. Come on, hit me. And Darby just closes his eyes. He's breathing in and out, in and out. He says, Max, you won't break me mentally. I won't let you break me. And he said, I won't break you mentally. And then MJF just leaves. So I liked this segment. And it looks like we're going to be getting MJF versus Darby Allen at full gear. And... We haven't really seen MJF versus Darby Allen in a singles match in AEW. Not that I can recall. And both guys have been built so well in the past year. I really don't know who uh, would be the winner. You could say MJF because I think you need to keep building MJF and keep building him to a point where, you know, he's got to be the one to... To be the one to be the next AEW champion, not the one who beats Kenny Omega, but the one who beats Hangman Page. Because um, I've been saying for over a year now, I think it's going to be Hangman who beats Kenny. Uh, well, not over a year. Well, yes, over a year. Because when back when Moxley was champion, that, you know, Kenny beats Moxley, uh, uh, Hangman beats Kenny, and MJF beats Hangman. And I think that's the next trail of AEW champions. Um, it's it's predictable, sure, but it doesn't mean that that's not a good thing. You know, sometimes predictability is good. I really enjoyed this segment, and, I, and we're for sure beginning this match at a uh, at a paper uh, at a full gear of the pay per view. Darby also had a match with uh, Eddie Kingston and John Moxley uh, against Bear Country and that big motherfucker from Nightmare Family, whose name I am completely forgetting about right now. But we have a lot to get into, so I'm going to be moving on really, really quickly. Um. Overall, this this episode AEW Dynamite was great. One thing I failed to mention earlier is that Bobby Fish congratulated Sammy Guevara and says that he's laying a challenge to Sammy, which Sammy accepted in the middle of, of Roads to the Top, of the commercial of Roads to the Top, the first episode that they aired. I'm like, sweet! Bobby Fish in AEW. Uh, Bobby Fish is currently working for MLW. Uh, he's doing some uh, some some date by date appearances. Um, I would love to see Bobby Fish in AEW, man. I don't think Bobby Fish is going to be world champion, but Bobby Fish is an amazing mid card talent, uh, and that is not a knock at Bobby Fish. I'm a huge huge Bobby Fish fan. I love his work in Undisputed Era. I love his work with uh, his singles work. I love his. Um, his work as a tag team with uh, with Kyle O'Reilly, whether that be Undisputed Era or Red Dragon in New Japan or, or Ring of Honor, Bobby Fish is ace, dude. He is awesome. So I would I cannot wait for that match, Sammy Guevara versus Bobby Fish. And who knows? Maybe we could see more Bobby Fish show up in other companies. I would love to see Bobby Fish show up in New Japan. Uh, I would love to see him show up in Ring of Honor. Uh, it, I think Bobby Fish would be really really great at Impact Wrestling. I think a match between Bobby Fish and Christian Cage for the Impact World title would be absolutely stellar. Um, Impact could really use Bobby Fish and really use his talents because the guy is just fucking awesome. Uh, A part of me really wants Kyle O'Reilly to leave WWE and join Bobby Fish wherever he's going so we can see more of Red Dragon again. Um, But who the hell knows, man? Who, Who the fuck knows where we'll see that? If I have to give a rating for this um, episode of Dynamite, by the way, I, I this is a solid like out of five. This is a five out of five show, man. This is a fun show. It was solid. There's nothing to complain about. I loved it. I loved the whole show, um, which is the, the case just about every single Dynamite every single week. Loved it. 
So uh, a few couple of news stories that are involving AEW. Uh, one in particular is that apparently the Pinnacle is going to be breaking up. Um, I mean, we kind of see it. The Pinnacle hasn't necessarily been a cohesive unit in quite some time. N- not since... Uh, not since Double or Nothing, the Pinnacle have been a cohesive unit. You know, they, they've all kind of been doing their own thing. MJF and Wardlow, FTR, Sean Spears. I mean, Sean Spears is still with Tully Blanchard, and so is FTR. But I don't know, man. I, I know that um, Tully, uh, Tully, they managed FTR and, and Sean Spears, and Spears and FTR had a, t- a six-man tag match a little while ago. But... I, I really don't want them to break up. The faction's great, but I guess if you're not going to put all the championships on on those guys, I guess maybe, or, or elevate them even more, I guess there's no point, because they were a foil to the inner circle. And the inner circle is kind of, everybody's doing their own thing right now. Hager and Jericho are kind of the tag team right now. Sammy's on his own. Uh, Santana Ortiz, obviously, is still a tag team. So... Because, funny enough, Jericho actually pitched for the Undisputed Era. It's Undisputed Era, Jesus Christ. For Inner Circle to actually break up. And Tony Khan actually uh, shot it down. Uh, Tony Khan, I think Jericho uh, revealed this himself in his podcast. And said that, you know, you guys don't have to be broken up to to do your own thing. You can just It's kind of just like taking a break and then come back to it, which I like. And I hope that's the case with the Pinnacle because I think the Pinnacle are a great heel faction. I think there's so much more for them to accomplish and I just want to see more of them, you know? Like FTR is one of the best things about tag team wrestling today, if not the best thing about tag team wrestling. And... I just want to see more of them, you know, bring them up in the rankings and and have them go after the tag titles again because I would love to see Lucha Bros versus FTR at a pay-per-view. Just give them, a, like, you know, like 20, 25 minutes and let them just fucking go crazy, you know? Um, a few other, uh, another notable uh, story as far as AEW backstage news goes. Uh, the EVP status for AEW. So, uh, uh, Sports Kita writes... The four EVPs of AEW have dramatic, dramatically different roles to the ones they started with in the company. AEW currently has four executive vice presidents, and there have a, have been a lot of changes in their roles from when the company started in 2019 to now. The biggest difference between 2019 and the current scenario is creative process per report by Bodyslam.net. Okay, Bodyslam.net. Okay. Uh, Cody Rhodes, Nick Jackson, Mac Jackson, Kenny Omega started AEW with Tony Khan as the president of the company, and the four wrestlers took up backstage roles as EVPs alongside being full-time performers in the ring. However, their creative control has been diminished significantly as the report stated that the creative is Tony Khan's uh, prerogative entirely. Although wrestlers are not allowed are allowed and encouraged to pitch ideas and come up with suggestions. All four EVPs have different focuses according to the report. Cody Rhodes was the last EVP to attend the office meeting, but his creative input has drastically has decreased drast, uh, greatly, I should say. Matt Jackson has been uh, assisting his wife, Dana, with merchandise while Nick Jackson is overlooking the Young Bucks YouTube vlog being the elite. AEW World Champion Kenny Omega is very hands-on with AEW Games as... The console game prepare for launch, and AW General Manager game is already out. The best bout machine also plays a key role in putting together women's matches for the division, which is more of a backstage producer role if you think about it. That's my line there. 
The report ended by saying that the former Bullet Club members are only EVPs in name in 2021, and Tony Khan makes the calls regarding creative and talent hiring, with the EVP's power being taken away in this aspect. AEW has added the likes of CM Punk, Brian Danielson, and Adam Cole in the last couple of months, and Bray Wyatt is reportedly headed to AEW as, as well. It's fair to say that Tony Khan is doing a great job when it comes to hiring talent as AEW progresses its extremely stacked roster. Um, and the other thing to note is that apparently, you know, Cody's relationship with uh, with the elite and the other EVPs, all those guys like Matt, Nick, Kenny, they're all still friends. But Cody's kind of just doing his own thing. He's very much on the outside looking in and really doesn't have a relationship with uh, with uh, the box and Kenny anymore, which we heard about this stuff earlier this year. Um we had also, you know, it was after that Dark Order beatdown segment before COVID happened where Tony Khan kind of took the ranks of the creative side of things. And honestly, I think that's a that's a really good thing. Um, I, I think wrestlers should have creative input, and I think wrestlers should have creative control to a certain degree. But I think it's good that, um, that Tony Khan has taken the reins. And honestly... It proves that it's been working. It's proved that Tony Khan, you know, he's doing a great job. He's a competent uh, boss, manager, creative, uh, head of creative, booker, you know. He's a very smart guy, and he's passionate about the business, as we've heard many times, you know. Even having uh, Mike Verna, Man of Steel, on the podcast a couple weeks ago talking about just how great of Tony Khan, person Tony Khan is because he's worked with Tony Khan in his time in AEW. So Tony clearly has a vision. And honestly, the you know the guys, all the wrestlers, should focus on being wrestlers, which I enjoy. You know, um, oh, <laughs> how could I forget to talk about AEW Dynamite when when <laughs> when Arn Anderson <laughs> just fucking oh my god! So um, uh, Cody Rhodes and uh, uh, Lee Johnson had a tag match against Matt Seidel and uh, Dante Martin. I love watching Dante Martin wrestle, man. He's so great. He's like 20 years old. Um, you know, Arn Anderson comes out and is pretty much just tells Cody, you know, he's too Hollywood. He's too much of a nice guy or, or whatever. And he's saying that if it came, push came to shove, that if a guy came came with him, uh, came to him and threatened him to kill him with a gun, you know, Cody would cower in fear and said, oh, don't hurt me, Tay, or take it. Whereas Arn, Arn Anderson would have no fear, pull out a Glock and blow the guy's brains out. <laughs> the crowd was just was just loving this. Um, yeah, and it's clear the crowd just wants to boo Cody. They're acknowledging that Cody has like a mixed reaction. I just I just kind of see Cody possibly going the whole John Cena route where he's hated by most of the fans and whether the adults or the kids love him. Um, I, again, CM Punk's line, uh, you know, going Excalibur, Jr. Uh, I do believe that Arn Anderson has uh, bodies in his past, but I don't believe he needed a Glock to to, <laughs> to put them away or whatever it is he said. Again, CM Punk commentary, these one one liners, fucking stellar, man. Um, yeah, I had to talk about that real quickly. How could I forget one of the best parts of the entire fucking show? Jesus Christ, um, d- man, uh, <laughs> Arn Anderson cutting a hell of a promo this week. Uh, yeah, so moving on. Um, talked about the EVPs, talked about all that. Uh, Pinnacle breaking up. But I am interested to see where this whole story with Cody Rhodes goes. I, I really just want it to be a heel turn, man. The crowd wants to boo Cody. 
the crowd just I mean whether they like him or don't like him they want to boo him so just turn him heel Cody says he doesn't want to turn heel we were just talking about it before Tony Khan has the final say so if Tony says hey Cody you're turning heel we have to go with what the crowd is saying then just do it man I, I don't know I just I, and I never want anybody to get it wrong that I don't like Cody Rhodes because I do like Cody Rhodes I, I think Cody Rhodes is great but I want to be more invested in his story. I'm invested right now because, you know, the past number of months, the stories he was doing past his time uh, with the TNT champ after being TNT champion and dropping into Darby Allen, I I just I I just couldn't get into it, you know. But now this could lead to something interesting. I hope it leads to a heel turn for Cody because. He needs to turn heel. I think a heel turn would do Cody wonders. And my favorite version of Cody Rhodes is the the, the slimy, uh, just asshole Cody Rhodes that we saw in Ring of Honor and New Japan and when the elite were, were feuding with each other. I, I think that that's the best version of Cody Rhodes. You know, that and then his, his early stages as a babyface in AEW. I, I think that Akil Cody needs to come back. I mean, when Ke- when Cody Rhodes is having his match against Kenny Omega at that uh, that super card, R- Ring of Honor super card, uh, WrestleMania weekend in 2018, I think it was, um, where Omega and Cody were the main event, uh, opposite to NXT Takeover uh, New Orleans against Champion Gargano. Cody Rhodes took a beer and spit it. In a fan's face, and that fan was Alex Queen of the Ring, who was a YouTube wrestling YouTube uh, vlogger. Um, but they spat it in her face, took the beer. She's yelling, "I'm talking shit!" Spit all over her face. Now you wouldn't see that nowadays with COVID, but like, like Cody Rhodes was an asshole and was a great asshole as a heel. And I, I just want to see him turn heel again, man. I wanna, I want to see Cody Rhodes be a heel because he's he's just the best at it. You know, I would just love to see him do it. Uh, moving on to other things going on with the podcast and everything happening in the world of pro wrestling. Uh, Alexa Bliss is going to be taking some time off because um, apparently she needs shoulder surgery. Uh, actually, am I getting that right? I don't think so. She needs surgery. She's going to be taking some time away. Um, Sheamus is going to be taking some time away. Um, and I guess we'll get into a little bit of Extreme Rules. I, I will say this. I didn't watch Extreme Rules over the weekend. Uh, I was at a wedding that night, but I caught some stuff that happened. I think first and foremost, we need to talk about (laughs) um, God turning heel and helping Roman Reigns (laughs) retain the universal title. I I, I don't know, man. I I just, uh, I don't know. Uh, So I, I saw the clip of what happened. So in the match in particular. So, we see Finn Balor outside of the ring. The demon music starts to play. The lights go red, and he's flopping around like a fish. And he gets up on top of the, the turnbuckle, top turnbuckle, getting ready to hit the coup de grace to potentially win the title. Then the rope snap, falls over. Roman Reigns gets up, spear, one, two, three. The Usos and Paul Heyman get in, and Roman Reigns points to the top, so... Is this WWE canon that God helped Roman retain the Universal Championship? What the fuck is this? What is this? Seriously. What like like 
what are you doing? I, 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 I mean, we're probably don't hold your breath if you're gonna watch SmackDown tonight and hope for an answer for this. We're not gonna get an answer. We're just not gonna get an answer. I don't see it happening. The only way this makes sense is if it, you found out that somehow Paul Heyman had access to the ring and the construction and everything, and he's the one who helped Roman cheat to to defend the title. I, I that could work. But I don't see them doing that. I just see them being like, ah, well, you know, it's it happened and it's gone. I just, no, fucking, I don't know, man. Um, I, 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 I love Roman Reigns, Universal Champion. I love Finn Balor, and I think Finn Balor could really be a uh, a contender to defeat Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. Uh, it just sucks that it came at this price and. Finn Balor even said a while back that he didn't really want to return to the Demon character because he felt like it could be a, a step backwards in his career. And boy, was he right in this particular instance. Um, it just sucks, man. I, I'm a big Finn Balor fan, and I just want better for the guy. Um, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think they know the end game to Roman losing the title of who they're going to build to build to have Roman lose the title. I, I just don't think the demon should have been involved. I don't think the demon should have been involved in this because I know Roman Reigns is on fire and he's not going to lose anytime soon. I, I don't see him losing. The earliest I see him losing is WrestleMania next year. The earliest. And I still think whoever they put him up against, he's going to win. Uh, it, it has to be... The po- person has to be built up huge. Just, just really to a massively extent to just... I, I don't know, and I hope that's their, their endgame goal with Roman Reigns, like so many other people, but uh, yeah, that's, that's what's going on there, man. I, uh, I I just, God is apparently in WWE now. Oh, Jesus Christ. But uh, one big thing happening in WWE these days is uh, the draft is coming. That's right. The draft is tonight on this episode. tonight on Friday Night SmackDown. Also, we have the draft happening on Raw on Monday. Oh, and real quickly, I forgot to mention that Leo Rush is back in AEW. <laughs> real quickly, forgot to mention that all. Anyway, moving on. So, let's see. Like, uh... So it's going to be happening tonight on Fox at 8 o'clock and then uh, on Monday on USA. Um, So why don't we do a little predictions thing, a little thing here. Let's take a look at the WWE roster and let's see who could go where, who could use some freshening up, who could really benefit from switching brands. Now, obviously, things could work well if things are done right, I hope. But then again, this is the WWE, so we really shouldn't hold our breath, but I do think that we should get some some uh some rebranding, some um some you know, uh freshening up because I truly think that a lot of guys need that. At the moment, so let's take a look at the current uh, wrestlers on Monday Night Raw to see who could go to Friday Night SmackDown. Um, there's quite a few guys that could go to SmackDown. Uh, first two that pop to my head are Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre. Um, Drew appears to be Biggie's next challenger, so maybe he's not gonna go to SmackDown, but 
I personally would love to see Drew on SmackDown because I think he's been on Raw long enough, and I think he could really tear it up with some of the guys that are currently on SmackDown, like uh, Seth Rollins, uh, Cesaro, uh, just to name a few. Roman Reigns, you know, because him and Roman had an excellent match uh, at Survivor Series last year. You know, we could see it with Chad Gable, uh, Kevin Owens and Drew McIntyre, Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, you know, Rey Mysterio. There's a lot of great matches we can see Drew McIntyre have over on SmackDown. Uh, and then Keith Lee, I, you know, Keith Lee would be great against all those guys I just mentioned. I just All these guys just kind of need a fresh coat of paint. Uh, you know, I think if I had to pick one more guy, like a top brand guy going over to, um, to SmackDown from Raw, I would say uh, get Ricochet over there. Uh, maybe not a top guy, but but get Ricochet over on SmackDown because stop fucking putting Ricochet in main event. Use him on your main programming. Like, I get the guy is, you know, look, I love Ricochet. And I get, you know, he's on main event and he's and he's having matches and he's being put in. And, and being used on main event is better than not being used at all. I, I will say that. But stop fucking putting him on main event and treat him like a big deal. I, I said on this podcast like over a year ago that... Jeff Hardy versus Ricochet was announced for main event. And that's a dream match. That is a dream match. And they wasted it on main event. Um, another guy. Uh, I, now let's go to the, the Raw side of things. Of who go to SmackDown. Uh, sorry, we're already doing that right now. Uh, I think another guy, Bobby Lashley, could go to SmackDown. I think Bobby Lashley and the Hurt Business should go over to SmackDown to feud with the bloodline Roman Reigns. I think that would be really great. You know, they're kind of involved here. Now that the Hurt Business is back, thank God the Hurt Business is back on uh, on WWE, uh, WWE television again. I think that would be just really just beneficial uh, to do um, because you didn't need to bring them up in the first place. I, I think that, you know, Lashley... Cedric Shelton and an MVP, which is I think he's uh, I think he had surgery recently, so he's gonna be off on TV for a little while. You know, you can just have those guys together. You didn't have to have them break up because Bobby was champion now. But uh, I guess it's better that they're together than they're not together at all. So that's it's good enough for me, I guess. Yeah, we'll see. Um, and on the SmackDown side of things, who could go over to SmackDown? Um. You know, you could send Sami Zayn there. I could see the Street Profits going over to Raw, and I could see uh, Bianca Belair going to Raw. Cesaro, possibly. Kevin Owens. Um, I don't see them switching the champions as far as Roman and uh, Big E, but I do see them switching Nakamura and Damian Priest. I could see them switching brands. I could see, you know, because they always kind of do that. They always kind of like, oh, well, you know. Uh, they, they could switch the tag team champions again like they did last year. I mean, all they'd have to do is probably just swap the title belts, but I don't think they're going to swap the Usos for rated RK-Bro. Sorry, for RK-Bro, uh, for Riddle and Randy. I, I think that they will stay where they are. Um, maybe Charlotte and Becky they could swap? I don't know. Um, that's the other thing, what they did with Becky... Bianca and Sasha. Why couldn't you just pick a winner and then have Sasha come out? Why do you have to make a DQ finish? Oh, because you don't know what you're doing. 
Um, I, I am concerned for Bianca Belair on SmackDown. I'm afraid that she could get too much into Drew McIntyre territory where she's around the title picture too much and she could be overutilized or you know, or just not overutilized, but, but just put out there too much, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So I, I don't get what they're trying to do with Bianca and, and, it, and it concerns me. Um, the other big thing is that NXT appears to be involved in the draft this year. Or should we say NXT 2.0? Yeah, okay, sure, whatever. Uh, NXT is should be involved this time around. Um, but that all could also mean NXT as a whole, uh, like NXT and NXT UK. Um, one guy who I see going to SmackDown or Raw uh, is Austin Theory. Austin Theory put up a post on Instagram or something a little while ago thanking the way, thanking NXT for his time, and we haven't seen Austin since the Index wedding. And Austin Theory, in my mind, is a big, is a huge top-tier talent, and I think he should be utilized on the main roster well. I think SmackDown would be a good spot for Austin Theory. He's big. He's athletic. He's he's funny as all hell. I mean, he, he's just he's an excellent, excellent talent. And I think he would do really well on SmackDown. Uh, a few other guys we see on NXT. Um, I mean, I could see guys like maybe the Grizzled Young Veterans going up to the SmackDown. Maybe Timothy Thatcher, uh, maybe Odyssey Jones. He's a he's a big beefy smell, uh, not smelly, big beefy sweaty lad, and he and Vince loves that kind of shit. Um, uh, could we see maybe Hit Row? Please don't put Hit Row on on <laughs> on main roster. I guess it doesn't matter, but but Hit Row is great. Just just don't break him up or anything. Um. I don't see anybody like Johnny Gargano or like maybe uh, Kyle O'Reilly, Pete Dunne, Mojo. I think those guys are going to stay in NXT for a little while longer. If I was a betting man out of all those top, top guys in NXT, I think the one who's most likely to go over to the main roster is probably Pete Dunne. Yeah, maybe. I would think Pete Dunne is probably the one who would go up this out of all of them because he's been in NXT for a long, long time. Uh, even some NXT UK guys, like I think Tyler Bate could easily go to like SmackDown or something and just really just have a great showing over on there. Uh, and again, this is all stuff that I'm like, oh, they could be great here. They could be great here. Um, uh, Walter, I think, is another guy who I think, if I'm not mistaken, was was transitioning over to a move to uh, the U.S. Now, that could mean Walter could be making more of a move over to NXT proper, NXT 2.0, or he could be going to the main roster. Um, I would love to see Walter more in the States, but I worry for Walter because I think Vince will just go the Kozlov route with him and just put him in a fucking diaper like Big Show and you know, in a hat or just be him goofy and silly. And that's not Walter's character. Walter is just a big dude. He's a scary, menacing dude. And he'll chop the shit out of you and never want to make you wrestle ever again. I mean, if any, if there's anything to go by, go watch that video of Undisputed Era and Imperium fighting each other last year before Worlds Collide and just that big smack of a chop 
pushing Adam Cole's bo- soul out of his body. You know, if you've ever seen the Doctor Strange movie, or if you've seen Avengers Endgame, or even the most recent Spider-Man trailer, where Doctor, Doctor Strange's uh, astral plane gets pushed out of his body, or he's doing that to Spider-Man in the trailer, or you know when the Ancient One's doing that to the Hulk... Yeah, that's what Walter did to Adam Cole last year. That's how fucking menacing, how strong, and just how scary this fucking guy is. Uh, so, I, I, my, my issue with WWE is just that all these guys can be great. Every single person I mentioned, Keith Lee, Walter, Drew McIntyre, uh, you know, Cesaro, and, and, you know, all these guys going to different brands... Uh, it, it could be really, really good. Um, I just worry about what they're going to do because as we've seen in the past, WWE do not have a good track record in recent memory when it comes to main roster booking. It just doesn't make any sense. And even NXT 2.0 right now is is falling victim to that. Like, I, I didn't really get to t- talk about the first episode of NXT 2.0, but when LA Knight just decided to book his own match and face Braun Breaker, just call him Rick Steiner or something, Let Rick, uh, you, you know, uh, Richard Steiner or whatever, why the fuck does he have to be called Braun Breaker? He dresses like his father, uh, Rick Steiner. He he looks like a Steiner. You've referenced he's like a Steiner, so just call him a Steiner. Apparently, the reason because of that is because of copyright claims. So that if he wants to leave the company, they don't use it. I'm like, and I'm like, you're fucking idiots. I mean, it's great for him if he ever wants to leave. Uh, fucking uh, Steiner. I can't call him Braun Breaker. It's just so stupid. Um, if he ever wants to leave WWE and he could just use his actual name. Because who the fuck is going to want the name Braun Breakers? So fucking stupid, dude. You know, and then just losing the match to Braun Breaker. I just call him Braun Breaker. Fuck. Uh, losing that match and then being in a championship match later on the night. Losing that match too. But in a kayfabe sense, it undermines his character. He's smart and he would do something like that. And he did. And, and then he lost the match and he could have potentially injured himself. Losing uh, his chance in the, in the, in the Fatal 4-Way. And then Kyle O'Reilly getting taken out to be to Kurt Wagner, like what? Who? Like it, it why? Like wh- why can't we have nice things, WWE? Why can't Kyle O'Reilly why couldn't have Kyle O'Reilly been that man? I'm going on a rant right now. I'm going on a rant, but my 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 issue is, is that WWE needs to shape their shit up. And they've been doing a decent job with that. Big E becoming world champion. Uh, you know, the, the hot shot booking they did last week on Raw. Uh, you know, it was hot shot booking, but it worked. And it was good. But the problem here being is that it shouldn't take another company that's on a fucking roll right now. It shouldn't take them all of this momentum that they have to just go, oh, well, now we're going to care. You should have cared a long fucking time ago. You're 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 insulting the fans intelligence this way. AEW doesn't insult the fans intelligence. So what they need to do is shape the fuck up. Hey, look, competition brings the best out of everybody. OK, that's when we got the most lucrative, successful part of, of pro wrestling ever 
in the Attitude Era with the Monday Night Wars, with Raw and Nitro going head-to-head every single week, okay? That's how it should be for wrestling, but it shouldn't take competition to do that. You should just want to strive to be the best pro wrestling company in the world. You should still want to give a quality product to your fans, to your audience, every single week. You shouldn't just be like, oh no, now that AEW has Adam Cole and CM Punk and Brian Danielson and, and all these guys, like we, we really need to shape up. You should have shaped up a long time ago, dude. You should have realized that these guys were a big deal. You thought they were a big deal when Jericho showed up and you're offering all these five-year contracts and all these big, big money deals to all these guys. So, and your booking still wasn't great then. It needs to change now. And hopefully with tonight's draft and Monday's draft, they can do that. You know, I'm hoping that Keith Lee can be the one to go on and win the Royal Rumble and defeat Roman Reigns next year at WrestleMania in Dallas. I mean, hometown hero, it would be great. The pop would be huge, but we all know how WWE are when it comes to Booking their hometown talent in their home state. Oh, they got to lose. Fuck you. They don't have to lose. They don't have to lose. Who says they have to lose? Look how AEW treated Britt Baker when they went to, to Pittsburgh just last last most recently in for Rampage and the first time around when she was a babyface. They treated her like a big fucking deal. You don't do that to your talent. You don't do that. Just... Just let them win. My God, just let them win in their home. What is the big deal if you do that? What is the big fucking deal if you let the talent win in their hometown? So please, just just, just tell me. To, 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 to swerve the fans? What, is Vince Russo working for you guys? Just let it be, man. They gotta listen to the crowd again. They gotta let things progress properly. They have to go with, what, with who's hot and what's hot. And they can't just control their narrative like, oh, well, you know, with the whole Roman Reigns, he's a babyface thing. It's like, oh, Roman's our guy, and he's going to be the babyface. Well, you know, actually, we don't want Roman to be a babyface. We we, we, we're not ready for him to be, so we're going to boo him. Oh, well, we're just going to give you more because you need to understand how great he is. Like, yeah, we get how great he is, and we think he could be great, but... We we're not digging him right now. We're digging Seth Rollins. We're digging Dean Ambrose. We're digging AJ Styles. We're digging, uh, you know, who else has come in the past when when they try to make Roman a babyface. Desperately try to make Roman Reigns a babyface. You know, we're digging Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho and whoever. But this is what needs to be done. WWE needs to put in the work and make the work. Just just do good work. Okay, and I think they're on the right track right now with Big E back on Raw as the world champion. Um, I think Bobby Lashley would be a great opponent for Roman next. Keith Lee needs to win next year's Raw Rumble, go on to WrestleMania, and defeat Roman Reigns to become Universal Champion. It should happen, but I'm not sure if it's going to happen overall. I really, really don't know. But with that being said, I think we're going to tie a nice little bow on this episode. And just give it to somebody as a 
Christmas gift. I what that metaphor, that that little limerick. That wasn't going anywhere. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Uh, please be sure to be following us here at TNAWP on Twitter, at the Not Another Wrestling Podcast on Instagram. If you'd like to follow me, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at CJ underscore twelve fourteen and on Instagram at CJ underscore twelve ninety. The YouTube video will be going up as soon as I can get it up, guys. Uh, Like I said, I'm a very busy person, but it will be up, and it will be our YouTube debut. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Again, please be sure to be listening on your favorite podcast app, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google uh, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you can find us. Please leave us a five-star review and tell us about your friends. Uh, We greatly appreciate all the feedback and anything uh, that you guys give us. Uh, If you have any suggestions, if you you have, uh, if there's anything you'd like us to talk about, a special episode. We have another special episode in quite some time so let me know what you think uh and hope you're all doing well out there thank you guys all so much for listening to this episode of the not another wrestling podcast uh do you think daniel sin and omega is going to happen in full gear uh who will challenge uh sammy Guevara for the tnt title after bobby fish we know it's probably bobby fish um where do you think things are going with AEW? Uh, where do you think things are going with WWE? Uh, your thoughts and your opinions. Uh, let us all know at TNAWP on Twitter and the Not Another Wrestling Podcast on Instagram. Thank you guys all so, so much for listening to this episode. I have been CJ Palmasano, and I will see you all next time.